turn the podcast on here. Give it a couple minutes. I noticed yesterday when I was re-watching my video, like there was a, the first minute or two got cut off. And the same thing with the podcast. I usually wait till I see the counter going uh, and ticking before I start talking. But evidently I got to wait longer. So uh, if you're on YouTube and all the uh, podcast platforms, this is the Panic Attack with Big John. Remember to like, share, subscribe, all that uh, hoot nanny stuff. Then um, you can look on Facebook, John Morrow, a conservative op-ed page is the name of that. And on Twitter, it's at the real underscore Big John. And man, I, another just random fact before we get started, man, I really... I really, really, really dig the uh, comedian Nikki Glazer. Glazer. She's gorgeous. She's a determined woman. Uh, she's she quit drinking. She I guess she experimented with pot. She's only like in her early thirties, uh, but uh, she said she experimented with pot but didn't like it a few years ago, or something. Maybe it was like a couple months ago. Whatever. What ev? Uh, but uh, she um, went live on Instagram. All right, all right, man. Maybe she's gonna, you know, do something funny, tell some jokes. Uh, Jeff Ross gets on there and he randomly invites people on to uh, roast people. So I'm like, well, maybe Nikki's gonna, you know, do some funny stuff or comedic things and what, you know, whatever. And no, first thing she does, you know, she's like laying down on a hotel bed or something. She tried to do a, uh, tried to resume her stand-up comedy tour right when, uh, you know, right now when the uh, virus is flaring back up, supposedly. So she's like, oh, Michael Rappaport's on here. I'm going to invite Michael Rappaport to go live with me. And I'm like, oh, God, not Michael Rappaport. I don't even know why the dude is famous. He's not funny. All he does is drop the F-bomb. And, like, in the, like, I, don't, I couldn't have watched more than 10 seconds of it because I can't stand the guy. Uh, he dropped, like, five or ten F-bombs, uh, you know, about her, you know, her, her safety but her going out and trying to do stand up uh, during the you know virus pandemic, and oh, did you fly on a plane? Oh, what the f? Oh, f f f. And I'm like, and of course the dude attacks our president. He's just overbearing, obnoxious. Probably has a small uh, PP. Pen- Can we say penis on YouTube? Uh, I just did. Um, He's pastier than I am, for crying out loud. And I, the only thing I remember Michael Rappaport ever doing, it, it, remotely famous, is back in the 90s, when, or maybe it was the 2000s, I don't know. Whenever I used to watch MTV, they'd have, you know, celebrity versus, like, celebrities and uh, 
professional athletes uh, do, you know, like rock and jock basketball games. So it's supposed to be the rock stars and the jocks playing against each other. And, like, that's the only time I remember him even being on TV or anything. But all he does is just so vulgar, so ignorant. You know, he went off on President Trump about the impeachment crap and Russia and how he hopes that Trump's family dies and, and all this crap. And yet he's still on Twitter, Instagram, and whatever other social media platforms. I reported his Instagram page after his little cursing rant today. Who knows what will happen to it. But I know, you know, we're supposed to have free speech and be open-minded and stuff. But when somebody's got so much hatred toward anybody, it's ridiculous. And it's not cool. You know, hatred, no matter what, is not good. It doesn't matter if it's an individual. Well, I guess I hate Michael Rappaport, so I'm being a hater, too. Um, but, you know... Whatever, Michael Rappaport's just a piece of trash, and I wish other famous people would stop building him up as if he were famous. So, Trump wants to make a National Garden of American Heroes. He signed the executive order, uh, and these are the first... 30-some names that he's put in. I guess he put these in the order. So, I thought this was a good list. Um, Supreme Court Justice Anthony... No, it's not Anthony. (laughs) I think Anthony was his nickname. Antonin Scalia. Evangelist Billy Roberts. He's a... oh, Oh, man, what a man of God. He is, was. Ronald Reagan, pretty cool. Uh, The New York Times reports the lineup includes no equivalent contemporary liberals or Democrats. Well, it's because they've never done anything heroic for America. Uh, The closest liberal that did anything good for America was John Kennedy. And really, he didn't do a lot because he wasn't president for very long. He didn't have any earth-shattering legislation in Congress or Senate. Uh, His biggest thing was he voted against the 1958 or 48 Civil Rights Act. must have been 58 uh, because he knew he would need to carry the southern states. So I've heard two different reports. He either didn't vote at all or he voted against it one or the other it's a cowardly move uh other people in this let's say okay so john kennedy's not going to be him he was the closest thing to a, 
uh, liberal. He did give people a lot of hope and was in, inspirational at the beginning of the 1960s. Uh, and he was a World War II hero. I do give him that. Uh, anyways, other people that are going to be in there. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., cool. Harriet Tubman, super cool. Jackie Robinson, first uh, African-American in Major League Baseball. Uh, John Adams, uh, he, was pre- he was one of the few presidents that can actually trace their lineage back to the Mayflower, along with the Bushes. But John Adams was uh, Abraham Lincoln's mentor and trained uh, Lincoln for the fight against slavery. He has in here Susan B. Anthony, Daniel Boone. So we got some kind of legends of the Old West here. or Not really the Old West, the pioneer days. Davy Crockett. Uh, um, Frederick, Frederick Douglass, cool. Amelia Earhart. Alexander Hamilton. Abe Lincoln. Now, Hamilton and Lincoln already have memorials, but they were great Americans. Douglas MacArthur. Uh, I'd rather see Ike in there than MacArthur. Krista McAuliffe. She was the first, uh, was going to be the first teacher in outer space. Basically the first person that was a civilian. Everyone else was uh, trained strictly to be astronaut. Well, not strictly. But, you know, they were trained astronauts. Um, where she was going to be like the first normal citizen in space. Uh, unfortunately, she was on the Space Shuttle Challenger when that tragedy happened. George S. Patton, the, the Donald Trump of the military. Uh, Betsy Ross. Booker T. Washington. George Washington. And the Wright Brothers. Uh, Also, I heard him say Audie Murphy, but Audie's not listed in this uh, New York Times article. But Audie Murphy was the most uh, decorated soldier of World War II. Trump's order, which does not put a price tag on the project says only that it should be located near a population center on a site of natural beauty that enables visitors to enjoy nature, walk among the statues, and be inspired and learn about the great figures of American history. Um, says they should be lifelike or realistic representations of the person they depict not abstract or modernist representations. So, yeah, not a lot of artistic, um, what would you call that? Not a lot of artistic license given to whoever makes the statues. They need to be lifelike. Um, 
So, you know, that's, that's cool. Uh, you know, needs to be almost like Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, uh, where it's hard to tell if the statues are wax or real. So, yesterday I told you guys, I told you so, that the press was going to spin Donald Trump's Mount Rushmore speech into something negative. I didn't get into the articles because I knew they just pissed me off. But uh, the New York Times reports Trump updates American carnage message for 2020. I have no idea what they're talking about. You know, he did mention, you know, some radicals and anarchists or something of that nature that, you know, were tearing down statues and damaging our history. But it was not a political speech. There was so much good in that speech. And in my uh, video and podcast last night, I forgot to mention, but if you watch the speech, he gave a little history on each of the four people that are on Mount Rushmore. It, it, it for once was not a speech about him. Now, yesterday after or yesterday evening's speech from the White House lawn, the one that was actually on the Fourth of July, it it was more. There was more politics in it, and I didn't really like that. Um, it was a lot more campaign rhetorical, 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 Don Rickles. I don't know. Uh, it was more political, but not too much. He brought it back to point. I think he just got off on a little tangent about the virus and the uh, destroying of monuments and things. Then, so that was the New York Times. Trump updates American carnage message for 2020. Washington Post headline. Biden gives hopeful in hopeful contrast to Trump's speech. So there <clears throat> you know Trump yesterday and today talked about unity. He mentioned it several times in his speeches. Of course, you know, everybody has to hate Trump. He's not a not a unifier. He's a divider. Blah, blah, woof, woof. And so they're building up Biden's speech that you know he didn't write for himself. And a lot of presidents don't write their speeches. Uh, but at least most of them have some part in it. I don't think Biden has any hand at all in his speech writing. He's just not, I mean, it, he's shown not to be coherent enough to write his speeches. In his uh, supposed press conference, he repeated or he, everything Trump had already done in regard to the virus. Everything that he says, I'm, I'm giving you know, Trump these recommendations and I, I demand he follow them or something like that. He, and he gave a list of things he would do and this is what Donald Trump should do going forward. And they were all things Trump had already done. 
two, three, six months ago. Oh, gosh. And the media just goes along with it, you know. Oh, Biden has a great plan to, you know, save the world from the, the virus. Yeah, whatever. So, um, we, <laughs> there was a meme going around Facebook and social media telling the month of July to behave itself. And wouldn't you know, the month of July is not going to be a good, it, it could end up being a good month. But it, some things struck out at me that uh, make me think the month of July is not going to behave itself. <laughs> um, no, number one, what well, was number two really, Kanye West. This cigar's not. Speaking of not behaving, my cigar's not behaving. Kanye West declares he will run for U.S. president in 2020. So. He's been a big Trump supporter, so I I think this is like a publicity stunt or something. But the first sentence of the article is, Just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any weirder, rapper Kanye West declared candidacy for U.S. president. <laughs> uh, he put in a tweet... We must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision, and building our future. I am running for President of the United States. Uh, American flag emoji explanation point. Hashtag 2020 vision. Um, <laughs> the next one, his wife Kim Kardashian West replied to the tweet, with an American, that Kim Kardashian West replied with an American flag emoji. Um, with four months to go, uh, it's clear West tweet would have been more fitting at April Fool's Day than Independence Day. Nor was it clear whether the 43-year-old had filed official paperwork to appear on state election ballots. The deadline to add independent candidates on the ballot has not yet passed in many states. So if there, there ends up being any shred of reality to this, it could throw a monkey wrench into the works. I just don't know what works because who would vote for Kanye West? Um, certainly some people would. Um, maybe people that just don't like either candidate. Uh, you know, usually when you worry about a third party candidate jumping in, you think about Ralph Nader in 2000, who threw off the votes, uh, for Al Gore. You know, there, 
it was thought that he siphoned enough votes away from Gore to give Bush the win. Because Nader was uh, well known. He was more left-leaning than Gore, uh, which is amazing, but Al Gore profits off of climate change. That's why he's danced over to the furthest left. Um, but you think of you know Ralph Nader and the 2000 election. Um, before that, the last third-party candidate that people felt had a real impact on an election was uh, Ross Perot. And at one point in 1992, Ross Perot was winning. Then he said that uh, the George H.W. Bush campaign was going to spread rumors that his son was gay, which in 1992, that could hurt you with the right wing, uh, I guess. Um, I didn't vote in that election. I was too young, but I was starting to get more astute to politics. I wasn't just watching because my grandparents watched. I was really starting to like study and learn and read things. Uh, I fell for you know the CNN Clinton News Network hype of Bill Clinton. And he was going to be the next John Kennedy and uh, do all these things. And, you know, Kennedy was a great president. And, you know, Clinton was the youngest president since Kennedy. Uh, He played the saxophone on the Arsenio Hall show. He wore the, you know, Blues Brothers uh, big Ray-Ban sunglasses and was, you know, cool. He was going to be the cool president. My grandpap actually said, oh, these radicals, you know, because Clinton was like a, not a flower child, but, you know, he smoked pot in the 60s and whenever he was young. And uh, I was really shocked that my grandpap, a lifelong Democrat at that point, would say that. Uh, But anyways, uh, it's, I I don't know, this is probably a joke by Kanye. Uh, A few years ago, he did say he wanted to run in 2024. Maybe he's going to say he's going to run for president on Donald Trump's behalf and go out and campaign for him. I'm not really sure. You can't be sure uh, of what's going to happen. But, you know, if he does somehow get in the race, it's just going to make it uh, crazier than it already is. And we'll see who he siphons votes off of, if anyone. Uh, you know, he may have his own voting block. I, I don't know. So, then of course the other thing that came out today to grab attention away from our nation's birthday uh, was this idiot. Colin Kaepernick. Alright. Colin Kaepernick from The Hill. 
The Hill is the newspaper reporting this. Colin Kaepernick on 4th of July. We reject your celebration of white supremacy. So he tweeted something today. Um, and so former NFL star and activist Colin Kaepernick marked the 4th of July by sharing a video of actor James Earl Jones reciting Frederick Douglass's historic speech what to the slave is the 4th of July with Kaepernick calling the holiday a celebration of white supremacy uh, the article goes on to say the video shows images of the Declaration of Independence slaves, Ku Klux Klan members lynching and police brutality as Jones' voice narrates in the background. Fel- uh, I'm not going to read the quote. Let me get down to Kaepernick's tweet. Black people, this is Colin Kaepernick's tweet, quoting, Black people have been dehumanized, brutalized, capitalized, and terror, well, plus sign, terrorized, by America for centuries and they and are expected to join your commemoration of independence while you enslaved our ancestors we reject your celebration of white supremacy and look forward to liberation for all now i don't even know where to start with this It's not the white 4th of July. It's the American 4th of July. And yes, there was slavery in this country. Okay. That was bad. There was also slavery in the rest of the world. There is slavery in other parts of the world. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Colin Kaepernick. For those of you that don't know, um, I watched a, a video where a guy makes excuses for Cap being an asshole. And Kaepernick's black father abandoned him. Just left his white mom. And his white mother couldn't deal with being a single mom, evidently. So she put him up for adoption. And he was adopted by two white parents who love him. Um, didn't mistreat him in any way. But you would say he grew up as white. This person in the YouTube video... and. I would imagine he grew up as white as my, I did. Uh, and then when he got to college, he started learning and getting enlightened. And he's still going through enlightenment to his black ancestry, people think and say. And there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, frankly, I don't think anyone cares. 
what Colin Kaepernick has to say. That's the big thing. You know, some people around the NFL care. Commissioner Roger Goodell cares. Um, Over the last couple days, there have been cries for the Washington Redskins to change their name. Uh, And I hear they're seriously considering it now. I have not heard that directly from Dan Snyder. Also, there's a... Pardon my burp. um, A thing with the Cleveland Indians organization where they've removed the Chief Wahoo image from most of their official merchandise. Now, you can still buy Chief Wahoo stuff at stores, like, I guess, like, locally owned stores, but it's no longer a trademark of the Cleveland Indians. But now they're uh, considering changing the name of the team. And a friend of mine said, why not just call the team the Tribe? Because that's been its nickname from fans for a while. Uh, I don't know if that's even politically correct enough. Uh, you know, now there's rumors that the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, are going to change their name. Uh, what the hell? What's a Raider? It has nothing to do with anything. It's just something Al Davis made up. I saw there's a petition going around to have the Minnesota Vikings change their name. Why? I mean, you know, the Redskins I can see because you're referring to a skin color, even though I've read and heard that it's because of the color of the skin of their first coach, but they still use the logo of uh, an Indian with dark red skin as their team logo. And I think it's one of the most badass, cool-looking logos that there is. And uh, when it comes to these team names, they don't name their teams, you know, the Indians or the Braves or the Redskins uh, as a joke or mocking. They do it because, you know, they they want to represent strength. They want something that's you know, uh, a a tough-sounding name or something that's associated with winning. You know, they don't do these things as a joke or a mockery. What the hell are you talking about when you say that? Um, It's just people being too sensitive and taking things too personal. You know, yeah, slavery was bad. Lynchings were bad. All done by the wonderful, you know, enlightened Democrat Party. Um, but this idea that sports teams named their teams these after these uh, groups or people or uh, Native American tribes or whatever uh, in, a, in a racial connotation 
to mock and make fun of the the Native Americans or the Vikings uh, or whatever, whoever's offended today is ludicrous. They did it because, you know, braves, Native Americans, brave warriors, you know. The state of Georgia was part of uh, the Cherokee, you know, nation, where the Cherokee tribes set up. That's why they're called the Braves, uh, you know. I'm not going to touch the Washington Redskins. A lot of sports announcers have been called, just calling them Washington lately because um, because of the outrage over the term Redskins. But you know the Cleveland Indians. You know, yeah, for all of my life except maybe the first five or six years we've had to call Indians Native Americans because this isn't India. You know, uh, Columbus thought he landed in India, so he called the people Indians. Well, then he found out he wasn't in India. He was in an undiscovered, unknown area. So, but... Today was a celebration of the birth of a nation that gives people like Colin Kaepernick the right to speak freely. It's nothing to do with one race or another. And, (coughs) pardon me, you know, my African-American neighbors were celebrating it. They were out in their yard, or actually on a, a different neighbor's porch, barbecuing. They didn't invite me over to barbecue. Um, but whatever. You know, they were setting off fireworks. They were celebrating. That, you know, this Colin Kaepernick, he's just a part of a vocal, small group. It wants to turn everything into outrage and cancel everyone. So, anyways, the last fun surprise we had here this week, um, Jesslene Jesslene Maxwell, associate of Jeffrey Epstein, is arrested. Maxwell is accused of helping Epstein recruit groom, and then sexually abuse girls as young as 14. The girl, the girl was 14 years old when she met financier Jeffrey Epstein and his com- companion, Jeslaine Maxwell, in the 1990s. They tried to become her friend, taking her shopping into the movies. Ms. Maxwell asked about her family and school. That's one of the things that these predators will do is they'll ask kids about their family life, about their school. And what Epstein and his friends would do if they found out a girl was from a poor upbringing, they'd immediately start taking her shopping and throwing cash at her. And saying, oh, look, we're your friends. We're helping you out. 
Now come to Pedophile Island and get molested. Uh, then, okay, so back to the article. Then Ms. Maxwell began undressing in front of the girl and recruiting her to protest to participate, pardon me, in sexualized massages in front of Epstein, prosecutors said. The pattern continued for years as Maxwell and fed Epstein's dark desires and participate in some of the abuse herself, according to newly unsealed the newly unsealed indictment. Miss Maxwell, the daughter of publishing mag- magnet and once a fixture in New New York's social scene, was arrested on Thursday in New Hampshire. Yeah, she just bought like a huge uh, secluded mansion in New Hampshire. It's like crazy. If you know you're about to get arrested, why don't you go run and hide like Prince Andrew did in some place that doesn't extradite to the United States? Uh, So here we go. Back to the article. Where the authorities said she had been hiding, she was charged with luring manipulating Luring, manipulating underage girls into Mr. Epstein's orbit. The arrest of Ms. Maxwell, Mr. Epstein's former girlfriend and longtime associate, was the latest twist in a legal saga that has been the source of international intrigue and conspiracy theories. The case has drawn in prominent academics and politicians, businessmen, business leaders, pardon me, and even British royalty. Yeah. Um, so, the long and short of it is, uh, Ms. Maxwell has allegedly told authorities she's ready to talk, ready to name names. Uh, High-profile attorney uh, Alan Dershowitz is one. The Clintons are others. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's flight log has Clinton on his plane 26 times without Secret Service escort, which is very unusual for a former president to go anywhere uh, without Secret Service. I do not know that it was true. It's been alleged that... Epstein was on, or Clinton was on Epstein's plane without Secret Service, Uh, which, like I said, is a very unusual thing for a, a president or former president to go anywhere in this day and age of terrorism and, uh, you know, problems, domestic and foreign terrorism. Although Clinton is kind of safe, aside from his own allegation that he was the closest to killing bin Laden. Uh, Which, I mean, of course, Obama got bin Laden in the end. But, you know, Clinton said he was the closest to getting uh, bin Laden back in the 90s. 
But other than that, Clinton didn't really stir any feathers internationally with that would uh, cause him to be a target of terrorism, I don't think. But uh, he did like the ladies. And there was a picture of him in a blue... Remember the famous Monica Lewinsky blue dress? Jeff Epstein in his uh, lavish New York apartment had a painting of Clinton in a blue dress. So we'll see... Maybe we'll find out the story behind the painting of Clinton in a blue dress. Did Bill Clinton cross-dress, or was this just Jeffrey Epstein's fantasy? Who knows the secrets that are told that never do unfold. Only the shadow knows. With that, I will leave you guys. God bless you. God bless America. Pray for one another. Uh, That's all we can do, man. Just pray for each other. Thanks for listening to my video and podcast.